Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, U.S. Congressman Alan Lowenthal, as we continue our 24th anniversary year. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by the Port of Long Beach, a leader in international trade and environmental stewardship. And the Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. And Scan Health Plan, for your health and independence. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We have a wonderful show for you tonight. Our guest for the entire show is U.S. Congressman Alan Lowenthal, representing the 47th Congressional District. Alan, welcome back to our show. It's, it's a pleasure to be back, Art. Thank Alan, you for inviting me. You bet. What is going on in Washington these days and with these campaigns? Well, I think that there's, you know, a tremendous focus on the campaign. So no matter, you know, no matter where I go, when I meet other members of Congress, whether they're Democrats or Republicans, that's all we can talk about is what is going on and how no one predicted what is happening. Yeah. And why do you think it's happening? Well, I think it's happening because, uh, uh, first, uh, I don't think enough people understood the resentment and the, dis uh, the, the feeling that, uh, that politics was not working for them. It was working for the established class or, or the people that were in power. That was one. Two, people don't trust our elected officials, and so they think that what they say to them is just what they've practiced and they've gone through and they've poll tested and that's why authenticity and the reason what we're seeing is even though many people may not agree with those that seem to be the most authentic about things they really want that there's a lot of dissatisfaction yes. with both parties right. and i think both parties are in fact culpable for not delivering what the man in the street wants which is a a, a job and uh, a reasonable income and immigration reform. Both, both parties say they're for immigration reform, and yet it hasn't happened. And the man in the street feels that, in part, rightly or wrongly, uh, that uncontrolled immigration is taking away some of the jobs that they would otherwise have. I, I, and I think that's all true, all that. I think also, um, and I can just tell you about my own experience, Art. When I came to Congress, just like I expected that, well, you get there, you put up your two cents, and, and things change. And I think that, uh, in part, the Congress has always been slow-moving. That may be its problem. I think the Constitution so. designed democracy That's exactly to be right. slow-moving. That's right. And so what we're seeing is not... But not this slow. That's exactly right. Somewhere there's a balance, Art. And I think you're saying we've got... But to think that we're going to be a quick-moving Congress... Well, that okay. will never happen. But it, it just hasn't happened. No. Immigration reform has been on the agenda for 10 years, no. and the Democrats don't want it because... Democrats they do see, want it. it they, see vote, they see votes coming across that's, the border. That's, that's not and true. the Republicans don't want it because a business wants cheap labor. Well, I think that there was an agreement that worked out, a bipartisan agreement that came out of the Senate. Democrats and Republicans, over two-thirds of the Senate, voted for comprehensive immigration reform. Uh, and then, uh, either because of the political campaigns or because the others, the leadership in the House did not want to bring okay, it Okay, well, up. bottom line, it's not there. And as you correctly point out, there's resentment. And that resentment is, I think, reflected not only in the Donald Trump 
the, counter, the successful candidacy so far of Donald Trump, but also Bernie Saunders. Bernie Saunders is a socialist. He uh, has been in Congress for, for many, many years, and I don't think anyone expected, he started at 3%, that he would be in this successful this far into the campaign. And I think it's the resentment on, on, on the Democratic left uh, as well as, of course, uh, Donald Trump supporters uh, uh, more uh, to the right and, uh, and uh, lower educated, in some cases unemployed or underemployed workers. Right. So uh, the bottom line is uh, what to do about it. And I know, to your great credit, uh, and this is true not only in Congress, but in your earlier role as a councilman in Long Beach and as a assemblyman and senator in the state legislature, you made an effort to reach across the aisle and find some kind of common ground. And uh, I wish more of our elected reps did that. Thank you, Art. I, I think that uh, uh, I, I think that one of the reasons or one of the major reasons that I went uh, first to the city council and then to the state and then to, to Congress was a true desire to have a system that was accountable to the people and not to elected officials, whether it was independent redistricting, which I've worked on at every level of government, to make sure that people, that um, elected officials are accountable to the people they Absolutely. serve, not to the... I also think we need campaign reform. We need to return government so that their elected officials, they're, they're in office because the people in their district uh, think that they're the best choice. And you led the fight for redistricting reform in the state legislature, which is not a popular view even with your own party. Very unpopular with And you party. took a lot of hits on it, but you got it through, and we now have a citizens commission that draws the lines. But I think one of the problems throughout the country is still gerrymandered districts right. that reinsure the election of the incumbent, Absolutely. no matter how extreme on Whether the right or extreme on, on the, the left, left if he's a Democrat or she's it, a Democrat. When the, when the founding fathers understood the political nature of redistricting, they wanted to take it out of the hands of the Congress and give it back to the states. I think that what has happened, though, is that the states have now do the same things that the founding fathers were worried about with the Congress. The they just draw things to protect the It's the Incumbents Full Employment Act, That's right. and it's, it's not fair. And the Incumbents already have an advantage with uh, ability to raise money, which is vital to re-election. And that coupled with the, uh, the gerrymandered districts gives the incumbents... Congress's approval rating is down to 15%. No one likes Congress, but they all kind of like their congressperson. Right. The great irony. Well, you told me once that uh, as a trained psychologist, you thrive on dysfunction, and yes. so you're in the right place these days. That's exactly right. <laughs> I, people say, you know, Art, frequently, why do you go to Congress with so dysfunctional? And I tell them, well, I'm a psychologist. I have sought out dysfunctionality <laughs> my entire life. I well, isn't that it. true? Yes. Well, maybe we need more psychologists in Congress. Uh, we certainly have enough lawyers. Well, I think we need to broaden the base. You're right. I think everybody should understand that to be in Congress, you don't have to have a particular profession. You, you really just need to want to represent your community and to listen to people and, to, and, and then to really work on the policies that you think are really important. I think we have too few people that really are there because of policy and more because of protection, being part of a party, moving up into the system, prestige, or prestige, and maybe those, make some money, you right. know, 
Right. And I just well, think we need to broaden that base. Amen to that. We'll be back with more of this great discussion after these messages. At the Port of Long Beach, we're not only delivering jobs, smart ideas, and forward-thinking environmental initiatives. We're also delivering opportunity for all of Southern California. Oh, and a clearer horizon line. To learn more, go to polb.com. The Port of Long Beach, thinking outside the docks. Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo Tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo Tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo Tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo Tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo Tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. We're back in this great conversation with our Congressman Alan Lowenthal. Alan, you recently went on the trip to Cuba with the president. Tell us about that and your thoughts about Cuba. Well, I, I, I was very excited to be asked to go to Cuba with the president. I think the president really went because there are the, the critical issue for the president is, is that the 60-year uh, embargo and isolation of Cuba and uh, the lack of any kind of relationship with Cuba uh, has not really brought about the kinds of changes in, in terms of human rights in Cuba and, and in, ter in terms of their economy. The Cuban economy uh, is in shambles at this moment. Uh, in part because of the sanctions we opposed them. No, I think the sanctions certainly, but I don't think that's really the major issue. I think the really major issue is that Cuba was a satellite really of the Soviet Union and after the collapse of the Soviet Union, uh, the Cubans were on their own and they weren't able to turn to the West really very much because the Soviets were not able to bolster their economy. Uh, and so uh, they weren't able to successfully make that change in, in Cuba. And I think what the president has said and it was, uh, is that, well, let's, let's not, you know, we, we still have real problems with Cubans' human rights. We're not going in there to change Cuba. But it's better that we have at least deal with them on a diplomatic basis and not isolate them. But there are a lot of fiercely anti-Castro Cubans who have emigrated to the United States. They, they kind of run the Miami and Florida political scene. 
and they are, are vehemently against this idea right. of lifting the sanctions. Right. What we find is that the Cuban-American uh, community... And they've like, been quite successful absolutely. in one generation in, in politics, in business, and you name it. And they, and they rightfully have identified some of the really oppression and really horrible things that are going on in Cuba. But on the other hand, you find that that is really isolated to South Florida and also to New Jersey. Really, But they know Cuba best. They there lived, are a lot of other Cuban. They were in prison and all that. That's right. That is absolutely right, and we're not. But I will say that within the Cuban American community, there are just as many people who want to establish relationships. And do you think this will lead to uh, a change in their human rights policy? Well, I think if they really, they, if Cuba wants to be successful, it's really up to Cuba now. They have to change their human rights policy. They have to allow for the development of a middle class, entrepreneurial. And class. they are very entrepreneurial people, as That's evidenced right. by the fact that the same human beings come over to Miami. And they succeed. Very entrepreneurial. But they're not given the opportunity in because, Cuba. Right, because they now have a system in which yeah. the, the, the public sector owns everything. And now they're trying to figure out how do they engage the private sector in this. They still haven't figured that out. But I think that uh, unless they do that, unless they change their policies, yes. they will not be successful. Fair enough. Very quickly, let's turn while we have time to the ISIS situation yes. and, uh, and this existential threat, really, to uh, not only America, but to Western Europe, and also in the Middle East. Uh, Absolutely. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I think that there, there are a number of issues that, that are going on. I think the first thing that you raise is that ISIS is horrible. I, you know, we have to accept that... that it's, uh, it's really an evil... It's, it's horrible. Organization. They, it's, it's horrible. They go out and they kill people just to protect themselves. They recruit people to be on these jihads. That's all they do. Uh, and they promise them things that they can't deliver. And so that's one side. How are we going to stop the kind of recruitment that goes on? Second is... Uh, uh, what is happening on the ground? And I think what's happening on the ground is that uh, ISIS has lost approximately 40% the Islam, uh, of their territory in Iraq and about 20 to 25% in Syria. Good. It's happening. However, uh, the question is, what will be our role in the future? And I think the question is, the Congress should be having more of that discussion. Are we doing enough now? I, I think I think it's really I think we've done we've reached the point where the president has put special you know we have about four thousand troops in Iraq, we have about fifty special forces troops. We have just begun to see that there was some artillery work that by Americans. So we're not not being. Involved. Are we doing enough to arm the Kurds? Uh, I think I think that discussion has to, has has to begin to occur. I think that some of the problems are is that we have two allies. We have the Kurds and we have the Turks. The Turks refuse to deal with us if we arm the Kurds. The Kurds say unless it's complicated. we do, it gets very, very but complicated. But many feel that we need to be a little bit more aggressive in our uh, reaction to uh, this group. I think what we need to do is to make sure that those people and that the United States plays a leadership role in, in both support and advice and, and, and that we, we actually see uh, that the people that are the most affected, the Saudis, the Turks, the Kurds, are really engaged in this. We have demonstrated in the past that every time we go in and become the leader in that and put our troops on the ground and do this, we have no exit strategy. And the Iranian deal that we signed has not made this easier. Well, I disagree with you. I think that what has happened is that we know that 
that the Iranian government ha is is a government that engages in lots of bad activities all over. Supports terrorism. They always have. And, and, and they we continue to. to. And, but and that was not part of the deal. The deal was to stop the I nuclear know. proliferation. Well, I know. But and that was successful. But you're right. What are we going to do now to stop those other behaviors of Iran? Yes. And now before Congress are a number of resolutions, bipartisan resolutions, to increase sanctions because of the ballistic missiles and other things. They're separate than the nuclear okay. deal. That, and I think you've brought up a very good point. Because we've agreed to a nuclear deal, and we don't trust them, but we're going to watch, that does not mean that we're going to lift the sanctions on all the other things that they do, and maybe impose more sanctions as they engage in other kinds of Fair bad enough. behavior. That's very important, I think, very for important. most Americans. Okay, Alan, in this last segment, we're taping this show on April 1st, April Fool's Day, and Alan has kindly agreed to play the role of the host. So in this next segment, we will switch seats and uh, our congressman will become our host, and I'll get over there and be the guest. We'll be right back after these messages. How do you like your chances the rest of the way? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee, freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember. Polly's, 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. It's hot cars, warm sun, and cool fun. Three days and two nights of nonstop action, April 15th through the 17th at the 42nd Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach. Six exciting races, including Indy cars, Toyota Pro Celebrity Race, sports cars, and more. Two concerts, including Cheap Trick on Saturday night and the popular Family Fun Zone. Plus, kids under 12 are free with a paid adult. April 15th through the 17th, come to Long Beach and speed into spring. Phone! Does anybody work here? Jeez. Satellite TV, what's the problem? I have a question about my bill. And since you merged with the phone company, I don't know who I'm supposed to call. Well, you should probably call the phone company. I did. They told me to call you. Please call them back and tell them that we told you to call them. They told me you tell me that. And told me to call you. Let me transfer you directly to the phone company then. It's wow. time to move on from satellite. For customer service without the runaround, get Spectrum. They transferred him back, sir. Good evening. Um, tonight, I am the new host of Straight Talk. Alan Lowenthal, after 24 years, Art has finally gotten it right, and he has switched from, the, from being the host to the guest. And so it's an honor to have you on my show, Art. Uh, thank you for coming. Thank you. And do I get your seat in Congress during this interim? We're going to ask about that, Art, <laughs> just where you're going to go from here now. <laughs> Uh, all right, you know, after 24 years, uh, you're kind of looking back, how did you decide to host this show? I mean, how, what led you to, to Stray Talk? 
Well, it was preceded by a show called We the People, which was uh, uh, the cable company show, and they asked me to uh, host that show, which I did for seven years. And then we had a little change, and I started my own show. All right. So it's been over 30 years that you've really been hosting. Yes, Could yes. you tell us, who was your favorite guest? You were, without question. Uh, well, well, let's just focus on that for a uh, while. Which of your children is your favorite? You That's can't right. answer no, a question no. like that. We love all of our guests, some more than others. But uh, uh, we've been honored to meet uh, some leaders of the community, uh, state, national leaders, and it, it's a great opportunity to meet people that you otherwise would, would never meet. Well, I'm really honored. I think I'm this, besides yourself, who've been the ongoing host for 24 years on Straight Talk, and even before that, I believe I'm the second host of the show besides yourself, uh, an elected That's official. right. Don Canabi was good enough to be the guest host twice. And uh, now you are uh, the second to do that. So, in the uh, spirit of bipartisanship, you absolutely doing Republican that. and Democrat. That's that's uh, very good. Uh, yes. Art, a little question about you. You've often asked me, if you were ever running for Congress, what would you emphasize? Why would you? What do you think are the critical issues that a Congress member needs to well, talk about? Well, thank you for the, for that question. First, I would not run for Congress. My temperament is uh, I could not do what you do, go to all of these chicken dinners and raising money all the time and all that. But I know the satisfactions are great. And, and to be quite candid, I would do a lot of the things that you do, the reach out, trying to understand other people's point of view, trying to introduce ethical principles into the behavior of Congress as an institution. As you know, I'm a professor of uh, legal studies and ethics, retired at Long Beach State and writing a book on ethics. And uh, I think that ethics should play more of a role in congressional behavior with the role of money, uh, redistricting reform, which I know you were active in, we talked about earlier, and other elements of uh, congressional behavior like gut and amend that are just unsupportable to a rational, ethical person. You know, there are two, when I think of Art Levine these days, I think of two, criti two issues. One is that you've just talked about ethics, the, the lack of ethics or the need for ethics uh, in all of our institutions. And you've run that series here at Cal State Long Beach in terms of educating us on ethics. But the other issue that you've raised frequently is the question of authenticity. Can you explain what you think, why uh, at this moment in time, uh, the, people are looking at candidates either as inauthentic or authentic. I think authenticity is a political value, and I wrote a column about this six months ago, is so important. People are yearning for the real thing. And even if some of the ideas may be a little bit nutty, uh, Donald Trump is the real thing at the moment that he is speaking. No one doubts that that's how he feels at that moment. He may change from day to day. And, and Bernie Sanders also uh, has, is the real thing. 30 years, he's a socialist, he hasn't changed, and he's the real deal. And, and you're the real deal, too. And uh, people are hungry for, for, for authenticity uh, because it, it's something basic in us, and we want to believe and trust in our elected representatives. And so many times we see speeches and pollsters and uh, candidates uh, and elected representatives shading their views to, to fill the, the pollsters' needs. You know, we're also seeing, I think, uh, 
or maybe becoming more aware of a weakness in the party structure in both parties. Again, people are, young people are not registering as either Republicans or Democrats. They're registering as declined to states. Uh, what do you see as the future of the political parties in this country? You know, that's above my pay grade, Alan. I can just look at, at what we're doing right and, more importantly, what we're not doing right. And I think uh, uh, reducing the role of money in politics is critically important, redistricting reform, eliminating such unsupportable practices as uh, gut and amend, and then loading emergency relief bills with all kinds of provisions that have nothing, like the Sandy thing was billions of dollars, and there was billions of dollars in the bill that had nothing to do with relief for the Sandy hurricane, but they just loaded on. So things that just are not supportable, they gotta stop doing it. I think Congress should have the same medical benefits as the rest of us. Okay. Why should you have different ones? Uh, I, I actually have the same benefits that you have as a Cal State professor. Well, and that's we, true. Yeah, that's true. So, Let's kind of get back to the more personal as we do this. You know, you've been doing this show for 24 years. Anything, any particular events that stand out to you, either that didn't work or that did work over the 24 years, not necessarily the best people that were on, but just things that either made you laugh or just, you know, you just remember back. Well, I'll remember this show for a while, but uh, I don't know, we, we were honored to have uh, I was involved with the Distinguished Speaker Series, as you know, at Long Beach State. Yes. People like Michael Josephson, Arianna Huffington, uh, um, uh, Admiral Eric Olson, and we got them on the show for a half-hour interview, and, and, and those were very all very memorable uh, guests, uh, having the presidents of Long Beach State on each year. Um, uh, and elected, you know, I, we have some pretty good elected representatives in this area, both at the city level, uh, Don Canabi, of course, uh, Governor Duke Majin, uh, and, and there, it's a pleasure to speak to those folks. So it's been mainly positive. There have been a few negatives, but I've suppressed them from my mind. Well, thank you. I think we're going to be back in just a few minutes with the commentary. I think in the, uh, uh, right after these announcements, I think you and I are going to share the commentary. Fair enough. About. Thank, thank you, Art. It's been a pleasure having you as a guest on my show. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Bill Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Bill is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Bill Trainees. You've been planning this moment for a long time. It couldn't be a more perfect moment. And you have the perfect ring that will tell her, I want to love you forever. But nothing is perfect. Don't listen to that guy. He got the ring at McCarty's. McCarty's makes a moment. 
Thank you. Uh, I'd just like to kind of end in terms of a, you know, identifying what I think are the, some of the most important things that we talked about. I think that it's a pleasure to have you as my guest, Art. I think talking about how we can reestablish trust in government, whether it's through authenticity, whether it's to holding our elected officials to the highest ethical standards, whether it's putting into place things like redistricting, getting rid of, of gerrymandering, getting rid of political money to the extent that it does, all of those things will, will really aid, I think, the democracy. And so it's been an honor to be your host tonight, and thank you for giving me this opportunity, Art. Thank you, Alan, and thank you for joining us. It's been great. Straight Talk has been brought to you by the Port of Long Beach, the Press-Telegram, and Scan Health Plan. And remember, Straight Talk is viewable 24-7 at straighttalktv.com. Thank you.